Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens, oh boy, did the Ravens win 56-19. to It was a score-gami. It was jubilation at M&T Bank. And frankly, guys, I had to rewatch the game because I was just like looking back on it and I was just like, I was smiling. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> like I, I like forgot nuance. I was just that happy about the, the outcome, the fact that we have a bye and that we had such a commanding win. I also enjoyed uh, making a lot of money because like basically we had so much offensive production. If you get bet anything, assuming offensive production, <laughs> you'd be right. <laughs> Uh, it was a absolutely crazy game for uh, the Ravens offense and two out of three bold predictions made for the week. And we were saying before the show, Peter, honestly, the spirit of your pick was right on 12 targets, 76 yards for Tyreek Hill in a game where Marlowe was out and Stevens was out. I mean, that's not that bad. And Hamilton. And I just went a little too bold with it. You know, I mean, I feel like with the season Hills had the historic season he has just saying, you know, uh, under, under a hundred would have been, you know, would have been bold, especially when you consider the injuries that the secondary had, but, um, you know, that's just what it was. Ravens got it done. Um, man, that was a game. That was an exclamation point on this four game stretch that we were talking about coming out of the bye week was so crucial for the Ravens for them to, Go four and zero with an exclamation point on it, man! Is that a great way to end end the part of the season that matters? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's another testament to you know Harbaugh and everybody talking about how everyone's just like locked in, um, taking it a week at a time, but uh, crushing each week and continuing to stay focused and you know staying on top of staying on top of their goals. And uh, yeah, I mean, as a fan, I'm definitely the uh, you know the the score in this one. It, it felt like a response to the game last year. Now, obviously, like I don't I don't think the the score itself was like that was motivation. But I, I do think that there is probably something in there of like, look, this team is really explosive. They have a lot of offensive firepower. Even though they came in with a few injuries, uh, Moster didn't play. Uh, Waddle didn't play as well. So they came in with a few uh, injuries there, but still, I mean, you've got Tyree Kill, you've got a chain, um, you've got some guys who can really, um, really move the ball uh, pretty well to us playing really well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Harbaugh was like, hey, these guys can score. They can come back. They did it last year with a very similar team. And so if we're not careful, um, if we, uh, you know, aren't locked in, we're not focused, uh, they can come back in easily. But yeah, I think it was really the story of the second half of this game. It was relatively close in the first half, but in the second half, the Ravens really just opened up. And I mean, I like, I mean, I feel like it got to a point where, you know, we just kept like giving high fives around like everyone. And then at some <laughs> point it was just like, yeah, another one. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, it, yeah, just, it, 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 it turned really quickly. <laughs> and we're, we're constantly surrounded by away fans and uh, they had their, you know, head in hands and just like, what's going on. Can't believe all of this. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I agree, though. <laughs> At the end, there was just scoring points like crazy. I, I do think the turning point, I felt like, was at uh, post-row interception, fourth and seven, and we're like, yep, not taking three here, not giving the ball back after 90, like with 90 seconds left. We're going for it. And boom, likely catches it for a touchdown, and that was a, a go-ahead, I think, to... Uh, be up like three touchdowns at that point, which was just tremendous, you know, or at least two touchdowns. Yeah. So, and that was all, I, I think that's crazy about that play. 
is just that I think it was like maybe is like the play of the game, like this or the sequence of the game is the Roquan interception. They were getting greedy. They were trying to get one last play in before the two minute warning. They rushed up there. They called the exact same play as earlier in the game that was effective. That went right over Roquan. There was a conversation between him and Marlowe back when Marlowe was in the game. It was like the third play of the game. And then he uh, he jumped it this time. He saw it. He recognized it. And he jumped it. One arm extended and got the uh, INT, which was uh, awesome because it was his first of the year. We've been waiting for it for so long, and it finally happened. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think you're right about that being you know a crucial point in the game. It's it's incredible how just two plays can just completely change the complexion of a game. I mean, you look earlier in this game. Um, it was a couple drives before it, but uh, that dropped touchdown by Tyreek Hill where which you know good play by them miscommunication in the secondary there Ravens let that slip I think they still win the game uh, if that play is converted but still maybe it's a little tougher um but you know for them for the Ravens on that fourth down you know I, I you look at that game if they hadn't converted that still one score game Dolphins don't have great field position, but not bad either. So there was some risk to the call, but um, you you look at what they did there. The announcers on the TV defended it as the right decision for the Ravens because of how explosive that Miami offense can be. And you look at what happened, obviously, like we're talking about beginning of the season last year. That was probably the right call there to, to be aggressive there. That's an opponent you need to be aggressive with when you're, particularly when you're down some some key guys on defense, even though the guys you had in there did step up. So, I mean, props to the Ravens for executing that play like they did. I, I think you're 100% right. That went from a, the game went from a competitive one to one where the Dolphins were all of a sudden in major hurry-up mode to close the gap after that play. And obviously, they were left in the dust. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of going to uh, the defense a little bit, but, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about this a little bit, but the, the opening part of the game i think the dolphins had um some good bit of success both in the pass game and also in the run game um much like actually much like the 49ers the week before um it felt like the opening like okay they were breaking off big chunk plays in both the run and pass you know um it wasn't until you know a couple of you know key drives where the ravens kind of got um, some key stops on first, second, and third to kind of force them into bad situations. Uh, but the Dolphins were still able to score. They scored first. Um, you're, you know, you're able to do some stuff. But I think, um, you know, I think I was watching uh, watching some film uh, earlier and watching a couple of uh, other channels on YouTube, particularly for some Dolphin uh, film study, um, you know, channels. I think Ryder McConville, I think, was the guy's name I'll have to I'll double check it out in the show notes but um, one of the key things I think that really um, you know helped the Ravens a little bit later on was uh, basically a lot for uh, Tua are dependent on you know uh, window throws timing throws and being able to find guys in the right spot and right anticipation um, be able to get guys open and it felt like earlier in the game okay the zones were a little open the Ravens were still kind of feeling things out but you know as soon as they kind of got uh, an idea of what was going on and um, could tell, you know, more easily where the ball was going to go. Those windows closed really quickly. And, you know, I think, you know, we were kind of talking about it earlier with the interceptions of, you know, having a good call from row, recognizing what the play is going to be and things like that. Like that's the benefit in those situations is that when you, you know, know like, Hey, I've seen this before. I know where the ball is going to go. You know, linebackers can play much more quickly. Right. And that's a big strength of this team, Roquan and queen, 
obviously, you know, playing at a really, really high level. And uh, yeah, once they got behind, um, you know, if they're still trying to play that offense where, you know, they're trying to make these, you know, really tough throws into tight windows, it became really, really hard. Um, you look at the interception from Gino. I mean, you're throwing to in between three guys and then, you know, trying to get it over Roquan, um, just barely got it. You know, he actually tipped the ball and, uh, you know, it ended up going into Geno Stone's hands. Like, I mean, that's a very hard throw to make. Um, you know, if you're the Dolphins, like, yeah, you kind of have to make those throws to be able to get, get back in the game. But you can see it's really tough to do that, especially in that situation with how their offense works. So, yeah, I thought it was just a great, great game plan from the Ravens and, you know, great from the guys of just, you know, recognizing what was going on and, and just getting better, better throughout the rest of the game. Back-to-back games where we see the complimentary football really helping the Ravens' defense of you can't try to run on us forever. Like, our run defense is definitely the most vulnerable part, but I think it's a feature, not a bug. And, you know, just slowly take it away from the game plan or basically saying, like, it's going to be really hard for you to win that way because it's going to take too long. Um, And, yeah, it just it's awesome, man. And like you said, too, like, again, kind of like we said in the preview, we're playing this game back-to-back with two Shanahan tree offenses them trying to stress test the linebackers won't get them very far with these linebackers. We saw the first few plays that, yeah, they just got over the hand of Queen or Roquan. And both times they were like, oh, so close to a pick. And then surely a pick did eventually happen from Roquan. And uh, that kind of passing, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't get away with it. So uh, it gives me a lot of hope because this is the offensive um, meta, so to speak going into the playoffs a lot of the playoff teams do this kind of offense trying to exploit middle linebackers and safeties and we're that's what we're built we built the best spine in the nfl uh, as we will say it was recognized by the pro bowl three pro bowlers in that spine both middle linebackers row and pq unbelievable and hamilton i mean that's just absurd <laughs> so i I'm, I'm feeling very confident going into the playoffs you know stay healthy get that by I, I this is awesome this is everything we want to see it's so crazy right because it feels like this has kind of been a debate that has been happening in the fan base over the past few seasons right does middle linebacker play still matter in defenses in the modern nfl and we've really outlined it right here and we've seen what happened last year when roquan came in versus when he wasn't here we've seen this year with how well, both him and Queen, good gosh, Queen, I mean, yes, we can nitpick some things with his games. Is he having a perfect season? No, but I think what he's doing great is far outweighing the plays that he doesn't make. Um, and you look at 2019 again, obviously, how that defense uh, was, um, you know, lit and and uh, bolstered by the signings of, you know, Josh Bynes and... and um, uh, why am I forgetting his name? The guy from Philly. Um, LJ, LJ Fort. Yeah. LJ Fort. LJ Fort. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, LJ Fort, for forgetting your name. You were too, <laughs> you had too many good contributions in 2019 and 2020 for me to forget that. But yeah, those guys, the original, the original off the couch, you guys. Shout out Kyle Vinoy <laughs> on that. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. It's like you're saying, that's kind of like you're saying, offenses today, offensive coordinators, they're attacking that. And so, you know, it, it might not be just so much as the fact that it doesn't matter. It's just that, you know, teams have kind of moving away from it. So when you have teams, once again, that have it, and this is something the Ravens have done a lot the past few years, right? You know, have strength at positions that a lot of the NFL is moving away from, have strength at concepts that a lot of teams are moving away from. 
What has hurt them in the past with that strategy, of course, is that they weren't as good at this concept you still need to be good at, right? You good depth at in the secondary, a competent passing attack. And it, it they have that this year. So, I mean, you pair those two together, and that's very scary if you're facing the Ravens, in my opinion. I mean, that's, that's that can't even feel like a homer take. That's just the facts, right? You've got, you know, I'm not going to say this roster's perfect, but they are have strength at basically every position group, some stronger than others, but very... This is an incredibly balanced team, one of the most balanced we've ever seen from the Ravens, really, um, going back for some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I feel like at this point, I don't think it's I don't think it's home or take to say that. I mean, this defense is if it's, if it's not the top, it's top three for sure. I mean, I, you could argue the Browns all day, I guess, if you want. But, um, you know. The sack numbers, obviously, defensive lines playing out of their minds. Um, it's not just Matt BK, but you know, like you say, Kyle Van Noy, um, Clowney playing very well, and um, you know, linebackers, middle linebackers, obviously, you know, top two unit toss up between if we want to say the Ravens or, or the 49ers, but I mean, two Pro Bowlers, um, that's pretty dang good. So um, they're playing great, and then uh, secondary, obviously, you got a lot of great players back there. Um, and I think the the big key too is that, you know, especially in this game where we we're talking like Stevens is playing really well. Um, arguably, could have been Pro Bowl. Um, you know, I think it, it's definitely his best season. Hamilton, uh, obviously Pro Bowler, uh, named the Pro Bowl, and uh, you know he was out as well. So um, even without those guys, um, you're still playing well. Even when um, you know some guys on the defensive line haven't played, like they're still playing well. And uh, you know, I, I really think. Um, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but with the bye week and everything, getting those guys healthy and getting them coming back, getting Marlowe back as well, um, I think it's going to be huge, right? Having these guys all play and all be healthy um, because we've seen what they can do even when they have some key injuries when they're all back and, and playing well. Like, man, I I feel like I feel like they've still got a lot more football to play, and uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's it, it's one of those. Yeah, we've been waiting. We've been waiting a while for these defense, uh, for a defense like this. Um, I think we've had some really good defenses. Uh, don't get me wrong, but this one definitely feels uh, particularly special. Like any good businessman or uh, I don't know, corporate ladder guy, Eric DaCosta has gotten better at his job every year. He has assembled easily the best roster of his tenure with the confines of a blockbuster contract at the quarterback position, and. Everyone's saying like, oh, but next year, you know, we're losing so many snaps, so many contributors, and that's fine. That's true. And we'll see like who we are able to retain and for how much, et cetera. And if we're actually in, in the, the cap jail, so many people speak of. But I don't even think what he did leveraging next year, uh, you know, handicaps what he's accomplished this year as far as roster construction goes, because nobody expected the amount of production he's getting out of these off the couch guys. I mean, Ronald Darby wasn't on the team until the last minute, and he was a total dog in this game. I mean, he, he's my MVP. Like, I'll say it now. <laughs> he, he was my MVP. This guy came in Q, QB3, or CB3, rather, right? <laughs> CB3 became CB1 and dominated. Lockdown coverage, great tackler. Same thing for Millet. You know, scrap heap. Everyone uh, from Steelers Nation was laughing, ready to light him up for two weeks. Well, Tough chance. He played great in the slot for us all year. Clowney, best year of his career, <laughs> playing for the Ravens. Van Noy comes in week three, has the most sacks he's ever had in the season. It's just out of control. 
the way these guys are contributing and they were all bargain basement guys and the cost of man it's it's amazing brent urban i know he wasn't like an off the couch guy but um you know, points here last yep. year and everything but like i mean he's played great um he was a huge contributor in this game i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean you could you could argue he was a guy that was on his way out of the NFL, right? I mean, obviously, he bounced around some teams after his uh, original stint in Baltimore. Um, looking over his his page on Pro Football Reference, looks like Chicago and Tennessee and, and Dallas um, didn't really have a huge impact there, certainly not a big enough one to stick around. But, you know, to to see that that guy was was still available and look at his tape and say, hey, look, you know, there were things we liked about him when he was here. We can still... He was him here. I mean, him and him and Pierce on their second stints here, they've been critical to this defensive line rotation. Obviously, they're not putting up the big stats that Matabike is, but you watch week in and week out. Those guys are making plays. Obviously, you know, that sometimes they don't um, have the best of games, but, you know, they're making plays out there. And I feel like Pierce's girth, you know, and he, actually pretty darn athletic for someone his size, his size too. If you watch him, I mean, gosh, every every game, I feel like he's making one play out there. It's like, man, he can move like that. That's incredible. And then obviously, Urban, you know, the big volleyball stuffer right there at the at the line, just stick his hand up. That's you know, just causing problems in the passing lane. So, yeah, it's really incredible. And look, I get it. I get that some people preferred. Ozzie Newsom. I understand that Ozzie Newsom was great at what he did. He's a Hall of Famer in the in the whole profile of fame, both as a player and as an executive, right? I mean, you can't argue against that. But, uh, but you can have you know some opinions on it. But you know, the, a take where you're just going to say that DeCosta has ruined the Ravens is just a bad take. You, you know, it's, just, it's the proof <laughs> is in the pudding with what he's been able to do. I, I mean, look, look at what has has you know stop the Ravens in the past few seasons. They've had good teams and injuries have derailed a lot of them or lack of pass catchers. And look what's happened this year. Do we have the best wide receiver room in the league? No, but you got enough to fuel this offense. Look at the injuries that have happened at running back. We're down to four string running back, all the injuries along the offensive line, all the injuries at cornerback, like we're talking about. Look, that's, you can say coaching. Absolutely. But who's the guy who's given these players to the coaching, Right. DaCosta absolutely is cemented himself, you know, very strongly as an all-time Raven with what he's doing. And, you know, the, I agree with what you're saying. This is the best roster he's constructed to date. And we'll see what happens next year. I don't want to think about next year yet. I'm not worried about next year. The Ravens have a shot to go for it. Let's see what they can do with what they've constructed this year and let next year happen when next year happens. I mean, this is a this is a group that has a real chance to do something really special in the coming weeks. I think it's cool seeing how many of those uh, mid-round picks are contributing as well. Uh, we'll get to it on the offense, but on the defense, we had Tavius Robinson saying the edge well in his limited snaps. Uh, didn't let Tyreek Hill get by him. You know, Tyreek Hill should have had him dead to rights, and he was, you know, good enough to you know, set the edge and, and, and get him uh, tackled. I think um, we saw some positive play out of Stevens, obviously that took a little bit of time, but it, um, you know, over the course of the whole season, not in this game, but over the course of the whole season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible how these mid round picks are, uh, adding up, you know, and particularly when they take picks in places, you feel like they don't need it. Like particularly like, you know, think about the tight ends, you use 
Mark Andrews, that's the biggest injury of the whole year, I think. And we haven't missed a beat as likely and to a lesser extent, Kohler. And it's not just the uh, mid-round picks, right? I mean, l- what about that late-round pick, Geno Stone? Once again, having to be Ooh. relevant due to another injury at the safety position. I uh, obviously had another pick. We talked about that already. And, you know, had some some big hits, including one on Tyree Kill to cause an incompletion. I mean, so many so many mid to late round picks really shined in this game. <laughs> we could that's we could spend a whole a whole time on that talking about that. But yeah, and one other guy we definitely got to talk about. Man, I was one week early. I was one week premature on my uh, call for his breakout. But man, Justice Hill. I was watching the game, so obviously I wasn't on you know the stream last week because I was I was traveling, seeing uh, you know in laws out west and the. Uh, Man, the the game I was watching the game in uh, in Anaheim with some ex- extended in laws, and man, w- one of one of my wife's uncles he wouldn't he couldn't stop talking to me about Justice Hill. He was just like, "Who is this guy? He's making so many plays against San Francisco. Look, he's gonna make another play again. Who is this guy? Where have you guys gonna find this guy?" And I was like, "Man, he, he's been there since 2019. He's just he's finally healthy. Finally found his groove. Man, he couldn't stop talking about Justice Hill. Man, and <laughs> just the game that Justice Hill had. Um, and I have to say, look, I I didn't I. Don't want to say I saw it coming, but I was intrigued that this might finally be his time. Look, he had he had an opportunity when Dobbins went down. Um, You know, I think he did fine. We were expecting more from him. Gus kind of took the control there, and then that left an opening for Mitchell to come in there because Justice Hill wasn't really making plays. But you know, it seemed like he he maybe he took that to heart. It seemed like when he was out there on the field, his snaps were a lot more focused. It seemed like the game was slowing down for him. Really good at pass protection, obviously. Um, seemed to have better vision in his running lanes. You know, maybe the fact that Mitchell, you know, an undrafted rookie, jumped him on the depth chart finally was the final key in unlocking him. We'll see. I don't know. Obviously, it's only a two-game stretch. Um, but, man, Justice Hill, that the past two weeks, you know, people are seeing it. People are noticing Justice Hill. He's doing well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think his, um, you know, his usage has obviously gone up. Um, you know, one thing we talked about, like, you know, Gus is a, wor- is a workhorse back, but I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's not like in years past where, you know, you can kind of lean on him to, you know, close out games completely. I think, um, you know, his, he's got limited top end speed, can't outrun guys as he did, you know, maybe before. Not that he was ever that really guy. Um, but I feel like his usage is, is tapered off a little bit. And part of that is just he's played the whole year, right? And uh, with Dobbins being hurt and then playing, you know, a little bit with Mitchell, but now Mitchell's been hurt. You can't, you know, it's we're, we're not in the uh, in the league anymore where you can kind of run on a running back uh, for the entire year, like, a, you know, Jamal Lewis, for example. Um, we're not in the NFL anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Justice has had to step up and that uh, they kind of be that second fiddle. And I think it's it, it's been it's been mixed, I think. I, I feel like... I feel like he's definitely been effective in space um, as well as in the passing game. If he doesn't have anybody on him, I think he can definitely pick up yards. I think the only downside, um, you know, and you saw it maybe a little bit this game, is I still think he has some trouble in between the tackles a little bit, getting um, maybe not as many yards after contact as he would like. But if he's got a hole, um, especially if he, you know, takes the ball in the flat or something like that, he could pick up a ton of yards. Uh, you saw that a lot. You saw him down the right sideline. He was able to get open, uh, get that touchdown on that wheel route. That was a great play. Um, and then I believe you had that uh, run to the left where you had him and Gus on, both on the field. I think you've uh, you talked about that before, Alec, the, the kind of like the pony formation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, was able to pick up a ton of yards that way as well. 
Um, and also had a big contribution on special teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think for me, like, honestly, I think he was probably one of my MVPs of this game. I think he had a huge impact. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it continues over the next couple of weeks because, yeah, we're really going to need it as much as the pass game has been improving. We still got to have a reliable run game and we need a second fiddle for for Gus um, if we're going to be successful in the playoffs. I think the thing that happened with Hill is that, um, you know, Keen Mitchell, I think, is a better version right, of Hill, as at least, at least as a, a pure runner. And we saw success with some plays with Keen Mitchell and we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then when he got hurt, we were like, could Hill do it? I think it was one of those things where <laughs> because we saw success with it and we started building more and more things into the game plans and, you know, basically our playbook for Mitchell to execute on, since it was now installed, it was a question of can somebody else on the team do this? So I, that, that's my hunch is like Hill has competently done his best impersonation of Mitchell in these plays. Um and because we've seen, you know, sparks of him before, but he also does seem maybe a little bit healthier because it seems like he has like a six gear now. Like he's, he's running with a little bit more aggression. And uh, he kind of reminds me of like 2019 uh, or 2018 Lamar. Remember how reckless 2018 Lamar was? <laughs> like he was like going full speed 24 seven. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's just a hill right now. He's just like, I don't know if I'm here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, We'll see. Sometimes, you know, a guy like this at the end of the season can come on and and make a big impact in in the playoffs. Uh, I think we've seen that before with some guys. Um, Maybe Justice Hill will be that guy. We'll see. Maybe this was just a two-game stretch. I don't know. But, you know, certainly some encouraging things from him. Um, We've seen also in previous weeks the um, explosion of Isaiah Likely finally uh, making plays like he was last year. The last guy, the last guy on this offense we're still waiting for. And he's getting so close, so close. And it seemed like it was going to be this game, but I still don't <laughs> think it was quite the game. Rashad Bateman, man. Rashad Bateman, who's, well, no, who knows if he plays next week, but, man, he might be the X factor. He might be the X factor in the playoffs because he's just, you know, he's continuing to make some plays, but still hasn't put together that game yet. <laughs> but, you know... It, had some some really encouraging things despite that early drop in this game. You know, I, I know every week we're saying it's going to be the game. Is it going to be the game or are we just, you know, can we just not quit this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Rashad Bateman has been heating up for the eternity of the season. He's like an NBA jam. It's like what you have to make three uh, hits or uh, three threes in a row. He's hitting two and then like, you know, airballing the third. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's been he's been almost eating up the whole damn season. But uh yeah, I hear you. Six targets, four catches for fifty four yards. Basically had fifty four yards in that first play, but it was uh deemed a, a drop. Very painful. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. Yeah. Very yeah, painful. I mean to be I mean to be fair, it was a great I mean it was a great almost catch. I mean if Lamar puts <laughs> a little bit less under that, I mean that's a that's a catchable ball, it's a touchdown. Um you know, I mean, uh, you know, not to knock too much from Omar because I mean, he had a fantastic game. But I mean, just, you know, just it, it takes a little bit to be able to change that play and then make a positive. I think it was a great effort from from Rashad. But but uh, but yeah, new, dude, I, I, I definitely agree, though. Um, I mean, he's, he's there. He, he's definitely there. Like he is so close to having a game that he's just going to explode. Uh, but the biggest thing from Bateman right now, man, is just like so reliable in those like key situations to just like continue drives right i mean and 
you know, it, it's it's funny. The one of the Dolphins fans behind me was he's you know they're having whatever excuse under the sun about like you know why the team's not performing well it's like oh the ravens have such a good defense like oh the dolphins have everybody hurt oh like you know the ravens can only throw on eli apple because he sucks and like jalen ramsey's the best or whatever rashad's getting open against ramsey like it's happening mm-hmm. yep. you know this guy's a fantastic route runner no is is knowing how to create space um we've been talking about it a lot like he's getting open he's just not getting the looks um but i mean there was the i think there was a key third down completion to be able to move the the sticks um right in front of ramsey and ramsey didn't make that tackle um ended up cutting cutting out through mid- midfield picking up some yards after contact i think it was like a you know 17 18 yard completion i'll have to look that up but uh it, it's really it's just like it's the the touchdowns that i think they're elusive but as far as like big plays plays that are continuing drives like in you know critical moments like Bateman's making them and there's only going to be more of them in the playoffs. So, you know, from like a confidence perspective, like, I mean, I'm all, I'm all in Rashad. Like I, you know, I, I think he's going to make some big plays for us. Just the, you know, the stats aren't there yet, uh, but that's okay. Like, you know, we don't, we don't need everybody to have that. You know, Zay's got a bunch of stats. Uh, likely he's getting a bunch of stats right now. You know, uh, Gus with getting all the touchdowns. That's okay. You know, the, the offense is balanced. They're playing really well. They've got a lot of guys who are, you know, playing with confidence. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm glad. I'm glad Bateman seems to be in a good place. I think a lot of people have talked about it. Harbs has kind of talked about him of saying, you know, it's been really hard for him, especially last year, you know, getting through the injury. Now he's healthy. He's finally practicing well. He's he's showing up in games, which is great. It's bonkers that Zay only had three targets in this game, but he was three for three for 106 and a touchdown. The first one, I think it was at least the first one was the high low concept for like 25 yards um, where uh, yeah, basically I think it was Bateman that ran the under, but basically they, there was two out routes, just one, one shorter than the other and uh, the safety bit on the under and they went whoop right over to the, the Zay flowers. Love that good body control on the sideline to catch the ball inbounds. And then, you know, the, the game breaking 75 yard player where he shows his dynamic wiggle to get away from two defenders and and score a touchdown i think uh it's fitting that zay flowers has had bookend games first game of the season and then the last game i think he'll play in season of the season where he uh goes off but two different kinds one with explosives and one with like an unbelievable amount of short catches (laughs) 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 so uh zay flowers in this game was able to surpass tory smith for the most yards in a rookie season by a um by Raven and critically do so in 16 games. I think that's important because it was comparing apples to apples. Uh, the 17th game will forever ruin stats. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was absolutely tremendous performance from him. Um, honestly, up and, up and down the line, everyone who was called upon uh, is kind of a byproduct of Lamar only having three incompletions all game. Everyone, when they their, their number was called, caught the ball and did things. <laughs> and yep, I... That's funny. I I had to double check you on those stats. I was like, really? There were only three catches on the game, and lo, lo and behold, yeah, that's the case. It really felt like he had more watching it. Um, but I guess that was just because every one of those three catches was impactful, as you just described there. Um, man, was he a good pick? That was just a, such a great pick by the organization there. Obviously, um, more can be said. Um. I guess the last thing we want to talk about with the offensive line before we inevitably have to talk about Lamar Jackson, um, who, man, um, man, did he have a game. 
but offensive line obviously beat up in this game. Um, you had no Ronnie Stanley in this game, no Kevin Zeitler. Um, Ben Cleveland had to step in there as well. Sorry, if Ronnie Stanley was in there, my bad, my bad. He was, but the rotation, was, he was yeah. yeah, it was the rotation. He wasn't in there for the whole time. He wasn't in there for yeah. the whole time. Right. Um, yep. Only one sack. And that one sack was a coverage sack. Lamar probably, you know, stayed back in the pocket too long on that one. Arguably um, could have run around, could have done something to extend the play or throw it away. Running wise. I mean, look, everyone had over four yards to carry who had significant carries. I mean, Sure, Melly had 1.7. Melly's just here to to get a ring and maybe retire, you know. <laughs> um, which I mean, sure, great for him. I mean, you know, if if I was in his shoes and be like, obviously, your best days are behind you. They like, hey, look, yeah, I sticked around long enough in the NFL to get a Super Bowl ring. Good for him. That's does not sound like a bad idea to me at all from as from a career perspective. But um, I thought that was really encouraging. You know, this offensive line is the weakest part of this whole team, maybe, you know, between injuries and uh, age. And I mean, I don't know. Now that Zeitler's injured, maybe the only guy you have utmost confidence in is Tyler Linderbaum. And he's obviously only in his his second year and as a center has a little less impact than other guys. So, you know, that was good to see. Hopefully that can continue. But I think this game was definitely a step in the right direction for the offensive line in this continued um, experiment of of rotation and just seeing who's healthy and who can go out there yeah it was weird i I feel like um i feel like it was in the warm-ups pregame i noticed that uh uh, mustafer was playing at like left guard and i was a little concerned uh yeah because i think it was the first team uh line Mm -hmm. that was practicing because you saw cleveland linderbaum and i think moses um on the warm-ups and i was like what the heck is mustafer doing here like you know simpson should be playing like he's he's good (laughs) he did end up playing uh which was good um you know, obviously, I you know he's, you know, I think he's. Um, I feel like he's an average guard, maybe above average guard. Um, you know, I think he's he's playing well. He's almost always good for a penalty a game. Um, but that's okay. You know, most of the time, you know, we're we able to recover from those. Um, you know, in fact, I think we didn't talk about it, but one of the first uh, drives the Ravens did have um, ended up having some negative plays, um, but really came in and bounced right back. Um, you know, they may have got a penalty or you know a missed big play like the past we call it uh to bateman that was a drop um there's also a penalty on a, a justice hill play uh which is also um you know very negative but you know the offense didn't uh doesn't let them phase them right i think they're they're able to bounce, bounce back pretty quickly and and they have the weapons now to be explosive and you know you don't have to um you know you don't have to like run it for a couple of yards on on that next down and and try to get a little bit back and then you know fail to pass like they could actually pick up significant chunks uh, we saw that this game as well so um yeah I'm going into the Steelers game if we're talking offensive line it's definitely going to be curious I guess it's good that we have this tackle rotation already um probably going to see more of that seems like it um you know depending on uh you know what the personnel are going to be there I think Harbaugh is the only thing he's said so far is that Lamar will not play um but other than that seems like we'll have to wait until uh Saturday to figure out who the inactives are going to be Sure thing. I think uh, when you look at the offensive line, Cleveland, I think, will always be kind of a uh, slightly better than replacement level player. I think he's just okay. Like, I, I think I understand why he's not a starter. I think they're not completely satisfied. He's not like a fully rounded player. I don't think he's as great in like screenplays. 
Uh, he's still like after three years of saying that he take, should take yoga classes because he looks stiff. He still looks stiff. Um, so I think maybe that's just who he is. Uh, <laughs> Must not be a fan of spin classes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I think uh, another mid-round pick, Falele, that has been, I think, performing better and better each week. I'm excited to see a full game out of him, hopefully, next week at right tackle. And yeah, I mean, uh, Mustafer was able to come in for pro bowler Linderbaum. Cool. Love that. Uh, and, and yeah, I think the one thing I would say was a major takeaway from this game, and it kind of also applies to the defense, is that you got to like, I think we have, like, the team has gained enough goodwill for us to give them the benefit of the doubt for a slower start because the team doesn't blink. On defense, the scripted plays, they like tore right down our spine. They could have had 14 points, but uh, it was bobbled in the end zone by Tyreek Hill, uncharacteristic, wide open. They only got 10 points, but it was so easy. Chunk play after chunk play, explosive after explosive. But the defense and uh, Mike McDonald, he has a secret touch of being able to, um, you know, adjust his personnel, adjust his scheme and really slow things down. And, you know, basically became a screeching halt by the end of the game, just total dominance. And then with the offense, like you mentioned, Chris, we had these penalties and, you know, they just scored seven. I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Every time we have a big play, or like convert, we get set back, we have to do it again. And they were able to overcome. They were able to score seven on that drive. Uh, went to Justice Hill there on the pass play. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> this feels amazing. And, you know, granted, that adversity was kind of short. Then, you know, we only got three points on the next drive. Um, or I, know, I think we had to punting. But then we only just got three. We didn't score a touchdown on uh, maybe the drive after that. There was another round of punts perhaps but then it was like you know full wheels up <laughs> offense cannot be stopped just total domination and i think that's the thing like this team they just don't blink man it's like that, that that slogan they picked was so fitting for how this team actually is whenever there's adversity whenever uh things aren't quite going right you know, give it a, give it a chance and and usually they figure out a way and uh and it's usually not just like slightly figuring it out it's like oh they like unlock the key to the game and like, you know, solve their Caesar cipher and they know everything that's coming and just destroy. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want them to keep, keep that up. I mean, one like super common complaint uh, for, you know, previous iterations of this team, even earlier this season, right. Is that, you know, we've always talk about how, you know, they play up big in the first half and then they play conservative in that second half. And, you know, they let teams crawl back Miami game last year, perfect example of, you know, yeah, I have what a 99% chance of winning that game at some point in the fourth quarter until they didn't, um, you know, we know how that felt. And, uh, you know, it, it feels like, you know, exactly what you said, Alec, like, this is a response of that of like, you know, okay, we'll, you know, we'll feel the team out, you know, we'll, you know, there might be some mistakes that happen early on. That's okay. Like not going to phase them. They're not going to blink. Um, and they're going to, you know, keep the pressure up, um, particularly in the second half. And, I love it. I mean, it's it's a great. I mean, it's a great feeling, especially going in these games where the opponents have been really, really good. Um, it, it's really nice to to know that you know they can keep it close in the first half, but once that second half comes out, we can throw our adjustments in. We can throw out some new wrinkles. Um, like you said, wheels up at that point. Like it feels great. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the slow starts if we want to call them that. Um, you know, I think what matters more is that this team is adjusting. How many times have we talked, uh, you know, the past few years of how certain games, it just felt like there weren't adjustments being made after halftime. There weren't being adjustments made in game. 
I think that's what you're seeing finally at this point. I think this they're just kind of, you know, they go out, they're going to tr- try some stuff, kind of feel out the defense, uh, figure out what the offense is doing on the other side. And then once they've seen some things, they've just seemed to know how to, how to attack, how to shut it down. And look, that's, that's a good formula. <laughs> you know, if, if, as long as you don't let the game get out of hand and you have to claw back too much, um, look, that could be the, the, the success that they need. So again, I mean, it also could just be that the teams, you know, having difficulty starting fast <laughs> it could it, it not be planned at all, but you know, it's worked the past during this streak. They've looked good. Um, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that the Rams game could have been a loss, but you know, they've, they've built since then. So we'll see where they go going forward with the guy who, I mean, I don't know. I guess we have to have this talk now. Lamar Jackson finishes his 2023 regular season campaign as it's already been announced that he won't play um, in the game against Pittsburgh with a perfect quarterback rating um, against in, in a game that the Ravens needed to win to secure the number one seed. Obviously, he's been ascending into that game. Of course, we're biased, but I mean, who are you, who can you seriously make an argument for for MVP over this unless you're just going to play the stats game, right? I mean, if you play the stats game, yeah, we can, we can throw another couple guys there, but it really feels like it's either Lamar Jackson or Christian McCaffrey, and then, you know, I feel like that game against in San Francisco kind of answered that question, right? But of course we're biased, so I don't know how. Uh, I mean, it's 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 not going to be it's not going to be unanimous <laughs> like 2019. I think McCaffrey's almost certainly give, not right. Yeah, I think I think McCaffrey's going to get votes for sure. And I mean that's I mean that's fine. Like you can, you know, you can you can make the you can make the stats call for McCaffrey. Like I don't think, I I mean I don't think I don't think anybody should be upset if he gets votes. Now if he wins. I think I mean I think that would be a little bit upsetting just because of you know just because of the last couple of weeks right I mean we've seen McCaffrey had a really good game it was not enough to win like Purdy played so bad and you know despite McCaffrey playing well it was not enough to win that game I, he was not the most valuable player on the field Lamar was the most valuable player on the field um, and this game too like <laughs> like I was talking about those Dolphins fans in this game I think uh, after the first touchdown we had tied the game up I think the MVP chance had started at that point and this Dolphins fan was just like oh Tua MVP yeah yeah Tua was not the MVP not definitely not <laughs> oh, yeah, the most valuable player they didn't even throw on Tyreek they went to Tua <laughs> yeah they were like Tua MVP yeah. MVP <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's hilarious no no definitely not um, yeah I mean, Tua's better definitely better than you know when I badmouthed him going into you know our preview of the game uh, back then but no yeah yeah no I mean it, well it's it, I mean it's an interesting conversation I guess of because I think these games have showed you that despite like I, I think I, I think if it is like it's, it's probably like if you leave out all the other quarterbacks right now and just say like um, just stats right um, if you say Lamar right now is playing like the best quarterback right, MVP Beyond the other quarterbacks, you have like you really have CMC and you have Tyreek, right? I mean, they've just been playing out of their minds in terms of stats. But you know, you look at both those games again. Like you know, McCaffrey did not do enough to be able to win that game. Was not the most valuable player, right? You look at Tyreek; his stats have been going down anyway, and for this game, was not enough. Like he didn't; he had a pretty quiet game, all things considered, and dropped the touchdown, which would have ended up you know tying that game anyway. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, Millar has is outplayed both of those guys has had more of an impact on both of those games. Like gotta be obvious at this point of like, you know, head to head, that's just the results of it, you know, it just it, it's really hard to to make that call. Um, you know, especially also considering like the stats have kind of gone down for both of them in the last couple of weeks and Lamar's been ascending. So I expect other guys to get votes, but I mean it I feel like everyone agrees at this point. Like they may not like it, but come on. Lamar's gonna get it. <laughs> Gotta get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Lamar's kind of a system quarterback. You know, two guys in this game had 158.3 passer ratings, uh, two pro bowlers. I mean, obviously anyone can perform in this offense. So I don't know. A little bit of a system quarterback. Maybe uh, maybe they can't win the MVP. I'm looking at it here, though, guys. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Lamar Jackson just behind Kenneth Walker III in rushing yards this year. Uh, that's, that's a real running back. Uh, <laughs> so he is uh, he's just doing it all as as usual incredible completion percentage this year i think that's really notable interceptions are low only seven on the year um what he does to evade pass rush and extend plays and do off-platform things that no one else can do uh he is truly el freaky and uh ending his campaign with a jackson five for the first time in a long while has turned people including but not limited to my in-law <laughs> not in-law sorry Sorry, the in-laws, not my in-law, my actual relative <laughs> who was like super Ooh. Lamar slander. He has, Burn. he wrote a, a huge post on Facebook saying how, you know, he is now a believer. And if only he had not unfriended me from the first bout, I would have told him that <sighs> he did this exact same thing against Miami <laughs> with five touchdowns. And he wasn't a believer then. Very curious. Uh, <laughs> so perfect passer rating, five touchdowns. Didn't count, I guess, the first time. Had to see it twice. And, uh, and I saw going around social media, the, like the Lamar apologist, uh, you know, <laughs> like oh spreadsheet, you know, <laughs> different check marks. Uh, always a good time. Yeah. But yeah, this is, apparently it was the game the convinced even the hatest of haters that uh, Lamar Jackson might be worth the money, might be a good quarterback in the league. Uh, the word quarterback, he came up. I didn't even know that was a thing. Again, classically, like totally offline to not know about this whole quarterback thing. Before oh, that. I was too. Everyone was using that word. I was just like, "What the heck?" I certainly missed something. Well, I know I, I tried. I tried to actually go back and try to find the post. Apparently, it's been taken down by whatever uh. Fox Sports or whoever posted it. It's oh like, yeah, you can't find it there, but you'll find references everywhere to it. Of course, um, even the team leaned <laughs> into it. It was like not bad for a quarterbacky. Uh, you know, pretty quarterback look pretty quarterbacky to me. Even uh, I think Ray Lewis posted something about it. Yeah, it was oh, man, freaking ridiculous. I I think the five touchdown game on top of it with only three completions. I mean, I mean, what more can you say, man? Like you know, every, everyone you know, everyone doubting like he doesn't have the stats or whatever. Like, okay, all right, let me go out and have a perfect game, and uh, you know, it's not like I mean, he can do it against top competition. These are the best teams in the NFL. You know, this is the battle for the one seed. He had another another game like that the week before, San Francisco. Like, I mean, mm. how, how much more? How much more do you want? Like, not the Browns with Joe Flacco playing these bottom tier teams. Like, come on. <laughs> I gotta just throw this out there real quick, guys. Like, this Ravens team. If you if you aren't already convinced that they're the best team in the NFL, look no further than Devoa rankings. Number two offense, number one defense. Like, how does that not win? <laughs> Like, how does that at least not make it to the Super Bowl? You look at every other AFC team, and there's like a, a very middling 
part of their team. You know, their defense is either almost all of them have middling defenses. Um, that's usually the common thread. It seems like in today's NFL, you have to have a good offense uh, and hope that your defense is, is okay enough. That's kind of the, the formula. But for us, we have the best defense in the league and the second best offense. And it's just like, wow, this is this is truly special. Uh, and it really does look like a two horse race. Us in San Francisco on opposing sides, like it's not even close. Uh, the next highest guy, uh, team in Devoa, Buffalo, who's actually kind of fighting for their lives. They need to win or get some help to make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> they're uh, that like half the Devoa, you know? So we're like two Buffaloes. <laughs> two Buffaloes equals the Raven. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't have, but I, I think the the thing that is is so nerve wracking, you know, that we're gonna have to, you know, lose sleep over. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Going into the playoffs, though, it's just we know the NFL postseason. Just one game. It's one yeah. game. Anything can happen in one game. So I mean, look, the Ravens. They've put together. Honestly, I want to say they put together, and I think a lot of people would agree, a better shot at a Super Bowl than they had in 2019. Um, We talked about at the top with the roster construction. Obviously, Lamar is a much better passer than he was in in 2019. Um, Not to discredit how how he was as a passer in 2019, but obviously he's gotten better. That's what you should do when you're in the NFL. Um, But, I mean, all it takes is for the Kansas City Chiefs to figure things out one game, for the Bills to get hot, you know, for – Gardner Minshew to go on it to be end up being the you know Joe Flacco of this year you know anything can happen in the playoffs <laughs> anything really can but yeah I mean look if things happen as they should then the Ravens are in the Super Bowl with a rematch against San Francisco and we're just gonna have to see what happens the team's so locked in I love the person like the the scars are real the fan base has it the team has it everyone has the scars of 19 and I, I just really think this team won't fall into the same pitfalls and, you know, even like recanting the game with uh, in front of the show, Jordan, I was, I was going through it and I was like, man, I still think if we played that game nine to- you know, 10 times, we win like nine or eight of them. Like we really saw the worst timeline and Harbaugh kind of even mentioned that too. It's like they moved the ball. They had over 500 yards. just like every time something bad happened and like they shot themselves in the foot. So it was a kind of a fluky thing. And we never got to see, you know, okay, they overcome the Titans. They have like this weird game. They somehow pull it out. Miraculous comeback. Like what happened next, right? Maybe then they won the Super Bowl. Who knows? But um, like you said, Peter, like we'll all be at high alert, high anxiety. But uh, I hope that, I hope we're all together, Peter. Oh, yeah. We got to talk after the show about uh, what we're doing with that. that oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I've gotten He's some locked green in. lights. So. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, is that cool? Is Peter in? Yeah. Yeah. Locked in. Locked in. Let's go. <laughs> we have the squad. Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, certainly, yeah, the the, the focus. Um, I, I feel like the, the post-game pressers um, after this one, I think Lamar and Roquan both spoke. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it's – I feel like it's almost it, – it's teetering on the comical at this point of how many times they have to mention, like, you know, lock in and be in focus. Um, I feel like Roquan's getting his, his like Ray Lewisisms, of uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not necessarily the uh, the you know the the you know religious or you know overly kind of like preachy uh, you know sort of isms or whatever, but like Roquan's definitely got like a couple of uh, a couple of phrases I think he likes to use, especially oppressors. But I mean, it's good. Like you know, obviously you know they're uh, they're they're focused, you know, focused on the next game, um, you know about uh, you know 
protecting the house, protecting the home, uh, protecting the bank, stuff like that. So um, I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they've definitely got a good mindset going in, going into things. So, um, and I guess going with that, um, you know, I know uh, the plan for this week, uh, as you guys can see on the uh, podcast name, uh, we weren't going to go in and do a preview episode for the Steelers. Uh, we have talked about them before and we knew going into that, that, uh, you know, obviously the one seeds wrapped up. Uh, we kind of talked about in the top as well that, you know, Lamar's not playing, but uh, the rest of the squad is. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a bit of a weird week. I, I think the, you know, the team is not going to be looking past the Steelers uh, so much. Um, you know, they know that, uh, you know, they want to protect the bank. They want to go off and, and end the season on a high note. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit here, I guess, going into that game. But, uh, you know, I, I know as a, as for us for podcasting, it's a little weird to kind of go and, and recap the, the game because we're not exactly sure where the outcome is going to be. But uh, we figured to mention it and we'll talk about it a little bit before uh, we wrap things up here. So, Well, let's do it this way. Who was your MVP from this game and are they going to play or do you think they should play <laughs> for the next game? So I think my MVP was Darby, like I said, and I think he's going to have to play because we've had a lot of injuries, unfortunately, in the, the secondary and there's really not that depth after him. Uh, yeah. So I think I think Darby will be playing in this game. Uh, for the most part, I'm looking at the depth chart now, and you know, Pepe might be available. He's practicing, but um, and also uh, Ardarius is uh, starting to practice too. But they're more slot guys, so I don't think uh that will you know relieve Mister uh, Mister Darby. So I think he'll have to play in this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, MVP man, I think that this is a game where you where Lamar is is the is the guy um I think that you know because obviously we could give it to him almost every week he's he's usually out of contention for it but I think on a game when he had a perfect passer rating you give it to him and if you don't want to give it to him then my guy Justice Hill uh I think that he, he had a great game obviously um in the Keaton Mitchell role uh that's a good question. If he plays in this game coming up, I they have Melly there. I imagine uh, Melvin Gordon is going to get a ton of carries in that game. I would imagine just Gus Edwards with his, uh, you know, injury history gets nearly none. Um, but then, I mean, I don't know. We're going to have a practice squad call up. Or is Justice Hill going to have to do the third down work? That's an interesting one. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, well, you kind of mentioned it, but Justice Hill is definitely my number one MVP. Uh, I remember thinking that in the game, um, just having so many positive plays, pass game, running game, uh, return game. Like, I mean, he's just having an incredible impact at a high level right now. I think it's, I feel like it's not too much of a stretch to say that was probably his best game as Raven, uh, which is great. Um, if I had to go number two, I got to go Isaiah Likely. Uh, that one handed catch on fourth and seven. I mean, that was, we talked about it. I mean, that was a huge, critical play and um you know i feel like the guy too like i, I we probably talked about it before man but just the yards after catch ability uh, especially with his ability to kind of like squeeze along the sideline and create some space whether it's for a stiff arm or you know some little uh you know some little jiggles on the sideline to be able to get past guys like um he's able to get a lot of yards after catch um it's pretty incredible um so even when he was able to haul that pass in he had to make a couple guys miss to be able to get in the end zone so um huge huge play in that game so justice and uh isaiah uh, i'll give it to them and uh yeah as far as they're gonna play uh i mean i have to say i think both of them probably are 
Um, you know, we'll see the snap counts and everything. But uh, I, I would imagine maybe of the two, maybe Isaiah, maybe not as much. Maybe we'll give more snaps to Kohler. But, um, you know, we, we kind of got a taste for it for a couple plays. Uh, Isaiah was a little banged up for a few plays. And, uh, you know, we we're like, oh, crap. And we've only got Kohler, <laughs> Kohler and Ricard. Uh, but he did end up coming back, uh, playing in the, the rest of the game. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a little uh, it's a little thin in that position group. So I don't think we can completely rest him. He's got to play. Um, you know, obviously we don't want that group to get hurt too much. Um, you know, we still don't know if Mark is going to come back. It, it's it's looking like it is uh, maybe. Um, we didn't even talk about it, but like he was at the game. OBJ was yeah. giving him a shout out on the sideline. Like that was really encouraging to see. I, I cheered. I cheered real hard uh, for him. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm looking at the depth chart, and like I'm kind of convinced from a offense perspective. I'm like, guys, just play Huntley, play Melvin Gordon into the ground. Cunningham, Wallace, and Treadwell are your number three, your three wide receivers. Charlie Kohler season, <laughs> Patrick Ricard if you have to. And then you then you have to do like McCary, Sala, Mustafer, Cleveland, Falele. That's your line. And like just like that's it. No no substitutions. <laughs> don't mess with anyone else. <laughs> like I only want to play McCary. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things where I think you just ride those guys for 100 snaps and like cuz we see like teams do that kind of thing. There's not it's not uncommon for wide receivers to be like, you know, 95 plus percent of snaps in, in other offenses. I feel like they're like, you know, they got good cardio. They should be all right. But uh <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's more so on defense, maybe where like the rotation needs to happen. But that's my thought. I really don't want them to rotate guys. I don't care if Melvin Gorin gets hurt. Bring in like Dalvin Cook. It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, you know, man. bring up bring up Jake Funk if you have to as as a call up if you want to split carries. I don't know, man. I'm just like over here, like kneel it, kneel it if you want. Like I don't care. Just don't get injured, <laughs> please. <laughs> I kind of want to see the Patrick Ricard show, like Patrick Ricard lead back. Going out in the flat, yeah, just dude. I feel like Patrick Card Loki has been a great weapon this year. Well used, well utilized. Like not he's been a, excellent. Yeah, and Man, it's like, I don't want to mess excellent. him up either. <laughs> no, I know, and that's why I say I kid. It would, it would just be you know. I just, I just love every time that Patrick Card is able to make a play on offense. It's always just so much fun to watch. Um, love seeing yeah, him get the that touchdown. touchdown was so cool. And it I, was, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about it. Like it was the same play that likely walked into the end zone for. It was the exact same play, just different personnel. Yep. Beautiful, well executed. Like I mean, that's that's just they're in their bag right now, man. I feel like it's uh, the offense is just clicking. You know, <laughs> they did such a good job that uh, OC came down from his high tower and was dapping it up with everybody on the sideline. I mean, <laughs> Munkin deserved that after uh, you know sixteen games dialing it up and figuring it out and getting everyone on the same page. I think you know he really. Uh, he really deserved that. So it was cool to see that too. Yeah, definitely the right hire in the off season. I mean, maybe there was a better guy. I don't know, but I, I think you have to look at this offense and say that signing was a success. Um, and we're not done. They're not done yet either. I think though, it, it, it will be really um, interesting to see what they do with the defense as well. Um, see who sits, see who plays. I imagine that guys like, like Pierce and Clowney might, would be guys would be candidates to sit. Um, if I recall, that's what they did in 2019 too. some of the older vets. Like I think Brandon, I don't think Brandon Williams played in that game against the Steelers. I'd have to go back and check. There are a couple other vet guys, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um, obviously, a lot of these guys who are going to be key contributors in this playoff run won't be playing for two weeks. Of course, 
particularly with what happened in 2019. And of course, 2006, the talk will be, is this the right move or not for the Ravens? Um, I don't know if we really have data to say one way or the other. Uh, obviously, you don't want players to get injured. That's something we absolutely know. I am, if I have time, going to, before you know, we do our playoff preview, if I have time, uh, I want to look at like a study and look at, you know, say the past 10 seasons and look what teams rested guys, what teams didn't, which players did they rest? Did it seem like that had an impact at all or not? Um, but, you know, I do think when we look back at 2019, a big thing there was that offense, as much as that offense ran through Lamar, you know, Mark Ingram and Mark Andrews were so critical to that offense. And then outside of it, it was just a bunch of guys, right? Both those guys were hurt in that game. You know, they played. They clearly weren't 100%. So, you know, maybe it was the rest that that hurt them. But I think you also got to look at the fact that they did come into that game with injuries, key injuries, really the first time that season. Um, but that's probably talking about too much for today. Yeah. We've already had a long episode and there'll be plenty of plenty of time to talk about about that. But it is a little pertinent right now, right? Because the Ravens yeah. have obviously already called said Lamar's not playing. So they're making they're obviously going to be resting some guys. So we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. And you know, I'm I'm sure the coaching staff is looking at everything that went wrong in 2019 and seeing what they can do to prevent that. And just got faith in these guys. You know, they've had a great season, you know. Yeah. Forgive me they if I'm a creature of habit. As we do, even more. <laughs> yeah. Forgive me if I'm a creature of habit, man. But, like, it's so clear to me that you need to rest your guys because of, of what you just said with Mark Andrews and uh, Ingram. They got hurt on back-to-back -back mm -hmm. plays in a Cleveland game that was all but wrapped up. And, like, they shouldn't have been out there. They should have been, mm -hmm. like, that. that we, were, yeah. we, were, we were talking about it before it happened. We were just like, why are they still out there? Kind of thing. Like, shouldn't we be seeing everybody? And that's when they got hurt. And then once the first one got hurt, which I think it was Ingram, I was like, please, like, get, <laughs> get them out, you know? And that was the next play, like, you know, got injured. It was, like, unbelievable, right? I think that, and that was a wake-up call at that moment. That's when they started, like, changing their, changing their plan as far as who was playing in that game. But it's just, don't play them. Defense is tough, though. You know, if you look at it. Travis Jones probably playing a full couple of minutes snaps, but you don't want to see him get hurt. Broderick Washington, Urban. Um, maybe you can do a call-up of Nichols from the practice squad. But then it's like, are you going to like run Tavius Robinson, Trent Simpson, Delshawn Phillips, <laughs> and uh, Malik uh, Harrison into the ground? Or yeah, Malik Harrison into the ground? Like, is that what you're doing? Like, that's that's. I mean, those are real, real players that play real downs too. Like, you don't want to like ruin them, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's just tough. And then, like I said, the corners, like Geno Stone's going to have to find a way to play because it sounds like Worley's out. Um, yeah, it's just tough. It's really, really, really tough. Uh, there's so many cues if you look at the depth chart right now on defense. So many questionables. There's so many guys that clearly could benefit from some time away, but we're gonna have to figure it out on defense and hope for the best. Sit the Pro Bowlers. Start with there. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Sit, sit. Anyone who was once had a Pro Bowl, <laughs> I think, is a decent starting point. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Well, wait, then we, then we can't. Then who are we playing at quarterback? No, I'm saying uh, from de from defense perspective. Oh, from but defense, yeah. from defense. That's yeah, no. the whole team. <laughs> well, frankly, I don't even want to play Tyrell Huntley. I was on the record as saying I think we should play Malik Cunningham, but now he's apparently a wide receiver. I was like, we should play Malik Cunningham and maybe Josh Johnson. But Malik Cunningham I mean, is kind of interesting. <laughs> That didn't stop the Broncos back in 2020 when their whole QB room got COVID. You know, just play, just play your wide receiver at quarterback. This game doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they so. played a they played a tight end at quarterback for a couple of years before right? Tebow. It's I so mean, funny though. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is crazy the parallels that was 19 wrapped up the one seed prematurely or not like prematurely but, but like early the Steelers game doesn't matter are we going to win this game or not that's the question we won it in 2019 despite playing backups um you know do we win again this year against them I guess we should do our quick score and bold predictions oh geez <laughs> yeah I know I'm like I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they're playing better. They fired Matt Canada. I think we talked about it last time with Steve. Like, I mean, he, he was the boogeyman. He was the uh, the Cam Cameron, the Greg Roman uh, <laughs> of this offense. They're playing better. Obviously, they're scoring more points. I think they're just using guys better. Um, you know, they had they had a pretty explosive game last week against the Seahawks. Uh, ended up winning that game. Mason Rudolph back. Um, playing better um i don't know i mean it's still like it's no they're not really a team that scares me but honestly they play us well with for some god-awful reason i don't know i haven't figured out why uh, particularly their defense still plays well um tj watts honestly the only guy i'm really scared of because he just has a tendency to hurt players that play against him mm-hmm. um on our team so um yeah, anyway, I guess in summary, uh, that's kind of how I'm looking at this game. But um, I don't know. Right. I think we could win this one. Uh, but I'd like, I like... Chris, I'll save close, you. I guess. I'll save you from your misery. I came up with something. I came up with something. Here's yeah, okay. bold, bold what, prediction. What, what, what do you got? What bold got? prediction number one. The game will have more total points than the first time with all the starters playing. <laughs> so it was 27 total points <laughs> when the starters were playing. And like total s show of a game <laughs> i'm <Yeah>. saying <laughs> we're gonna like the teams will score more than 27 points is that uh, is that bold i think so it's fine because <laughs> the over the over under is 35 so i feel like okay like that's that's where we're at so i'm saying we're gonna score more than okay. 27 points okay and um the ravens are not favored this week they're uh given four points to us and I think uh, I think the Ravens will commit to the bit. I think they will commit to the bit, and they will not get 14 wins in this season like they did in 2019. They will get only 13 wins. They will lose this game, and they will then pass off a worse, uh, or, you know, worse traffic will get to the Steelers as uh, the prophecy foretold. You know, they'll they'll have a slightly better record and have slightly worse traffic from this uh, kind of meaningless win for them, and uh, they'll win like. 24 to 17. Interesting. I'm going to say that this game will be 27 to 10 Ravens. I think you saw that it's just like we've been saying all year. This depth is good. Um, Whoever plays on defense, I think, is going to expose Mason Rudolph as Mason Rudolph, just like this defense has been exposing... Tua, Brock Purdy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, no one's been playing well. I guess, I mean, Stafford played well. Um, you know, I I think that this team is just has so much depth that so many of these guys that are going to be out there playing for the starters, they're seasoned. You know, they've had to play a lot of meaningful snaps this year. I think that, that Snoop um, is a guy who, when he goes out there, he strikes me as a guy the team's, team really likes. The guys want to play well with him he's got an energy to it i think that he's going to go out there and you know be snoop which means he'll make some crazy off script plays and he'll make some turnovers <laughs> but 
look, I mean, you know, it's really just a guess. Um, anything can happen in this game, really. But I do like the fact this game's at home. I think that the guys who are out on the field are going to be hyped to show what they can do since so many guys, even in the playoffs, we're gonna, the Ravens are going to need to rely on on depth guys just with the injuries that they've had um, and with these rotations they're doing because they have so many of these vet guys um, who don't have the stamina that they used to and, but can still make plays when they're, you know, put in the right packages and, and given the right amount of time on the field. So just a guess, 27 to 10 Ravens, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think, I feel like for me, like, I don't think that they're going to completely shut uh, Rudolph down. Like, I think it'll be a little bit closer. And my main reason is this, Pickens is playing really well and we just match up pretty poorly against him. Um, you know, Darby has played well, um, but Pickens is just like when he's on, I mean, he's super physical, really hard to, really hard to stop those 50-50 balls um, from going his way. But it just seems like he's able to pull down, um, pull them down easily even with marlo who's our most physical corner arguably um he's had trouble with them as well so um i think it will be close uh, i think the ravens can pull it out though um i think my bold prediction um i feel like i feel like say say is my wild card i feel like if he plays i think that he could be the weapon weapon x um i feel like he could get like two touchdowns um but I feel like it's a little iffy if he's going to play because he was questionable going into the Miami game. So that's where I feel like I need to have a backup bull prediction. Um, <laughs> maybe my backup might be that Justice Hill gets another uh, touchdown because I guess here, here, here's my thought process. Um, Huntley arm strength is a little bit low. I think if he's going to get guys involved, it's going to be underneath. I think Zay obviously can do that. Um, obviously, he's got some moves. Um, you can play the short game and kind of make guys miss justice Hill. I think is another one of those guys. Um, I think he's got vision, um, obviously for me, a returner. Um, and he can be able to make guys, um, you know, create some things if he's got blockers in front of him. So I think Huntley will try to lean on, on some of those players, um, in this game. I think the Ravens can probably win. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I'll say like 27, 24. I honestly do think that they match up well, even with backups. Uh, and I could totally see how the Ravens win. I'm just kind of like hoping in a way that the Steelers make their life worse. <laughs> it's just, I'm always, I'm always trying to get marginal value of like worse draft picks for our uh, divisional teams. Like win as many games as you can while not being in the Ravens way. <laughs> I mean, so. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if the Steelers <laughs> are just like the Ravens, it doesn't matter where they pick. They'll make a good pick, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> I just don't I will say, I forgot situation then right yeah i mean unless yeah i mean look they haven't been perfect we haven't been perfect right (laughs) yeah um i've realized i forgot my bold prediction uh in here my bold prediction is you know huntley we know he likes to throw to the tight end i think it's going to be the charlie kolar show 80 yards plus two touchdowns (sighs) charlie kolar goes off with the backups there you go yeah, I'll tell you. I, I, I like that a lot. It kind of aligns with what I was saying. <laughs> I will say, I want to know what the deal is. If anyone knows, please like message us. Um, like, what's the deal with Charlie Kolar's helmet? He wears a cool helmet. It's a little different than everyone else's helmet. I want to know what what the deal is. And then he also has this like neck band thing going little, on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know about that. Is it like a warmer? <laughs> what's going on here? So, uh, you know, message us if you know. Uh, 
why Charlie Crowler is selecting like the cooler helmet isn't more like uh, you know better for concussions. Who knows? And then uh, what's what's the deal with the neck situation? Like a next gen neck guard. <laughs> well, he got, he's an engineer, right? He had an engineering yeah. uh, background. In, yeah, maybe uh, he engineered his own State. helmet. He got approval. <laughs> might have, you know, might mechanical might engineer. That. That's a beautiful thing. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll be back to. I guess discuss this game, see what uh you know what what comes of it, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do during like the second bye week of the year. Uh, nothing planned, but we'll we'll figure it out, and then of course just uh, getting ready for that big weekend of January twentieth through the twenty first, and the Ravens will play in the divisional round. The NFL playoffs come through the bank. I am elated that this is happening. I hope and pray that we see two games and the two dubs, and uh, and then we'll we'll get to see what what Peter saw right. Sent us a picture earlier today from Vegas. Uh, right. <laughs> or like, yep. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> there's the stadium. <laughs> He's a, he was on a scouting mission. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much of a scouting mission as you can be in a, a you know, on a, on a layover, uh, both, you know, <laughs> out and back. But yes, I did. I did see the, uh, you know, the the stadium early Christmas morning, um, as well as this morning from the. B20 terminal of the Vegas airport. <laughs> Got a great location to view it. <laughs> Incredible. Well, as always, we'll talk to you later and go Ravens.